movie marks. It's a beautiful night here at the Dolby Theater. All the stars are out for the biggest event in film. I see James Caan, Boomer Phillips, Lonnie Anderson, <laughs> Joe Piscopo, Lorenzo Lamas, and Zamora the Gorilla. Oh, wait, wait. Is that Chris Sacco? One half of the Movie Marks podcast? Chris, Chris, what are you wearing tonight? Uh, same thing I wear for all big events. Uh, white t-shirt and a kilt. Oh, that's great. But we don't have time for that. Please, please move along. Because today on the Movie Marks, we're discussing Tag Team. Starring alumni Jesse the Body Ventura and Roddy Piper. Welcome to the Movie Marks, the podcast where we discuss movies starring professional wrestlers who act like amateurs. I'm Chris Sacco, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the Cassie Lee, to my Jesse McKay, Chris Kramer. Not the best wrestlers, but the best women's tag team in WWE history. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, you have to believe at some point they're going to land somewhere with a, with a brighter spotlight on them. Yeah, they're in Impact, but Impact is the place where people disappear. <laughs> They disappear until they can sort of like rebuild their brand and then they pop back up on one of the bigger stages. Yeah. So they were always so much fun too. like them getting cut is one of like the weirdest like it didn't need to happen. I mean, basically 75 to 80 percent of the cuts. I just don't understand. I mean, because, you know, people like to say, oh, it's budget cuts and all that. But especially them, they weren't even making that much money. So it can't be. You know, no. they were probably underpaid given how much they were on TV. It's it's just not to mention they had the best comedic timing after our truth in that entire company. I also like that they kept the double I in their team name because that's kind of like <laughs> us. We everything we do has to involve two M's. That's that's our shtick. So so before we get to today's special episode with a uh, short TV pilot and then our Dune Spectacular, um, we have some more listener feedback into the toll free hotline. Yeah, that, that's gonna. St I'm gonna make that stick, even if no one likes it. <laughs> so th this is uh, Matt wrote in, in regards to our "See No Evil" episode, the Kane horror Ooh. film, and he simply said, "I saw that in theaters." All right, Matt. Yeah. So thanks for the in info. Um, again, much looks like most of our correspondence. It's neither positive or negative about our show, just random facts about the movies. So okay. <laughs> Not even really significant facts, too. Just like, I saw that. Yes, and just while we're on the topic, the fact that See No Evil was a theatrical release is still mind-boggling to me, but... Yeah, I think, what, like, those first, like, three WWE films got released, and then after that, it was just back to DVD? Yeah, I mean, but th that one, I, I honestly actually can't believe they thought that was going to make money <laughs> in theaters. Hey, it got a sequel. <laughs> That we'll talk about one day. Yes, we'll get there. Don't worry. Don't worry. There's many, many more Halloweens before we get canceled. <laughs> All righty. So uh, the, the first part of today's show is going to be focusing on the 1991 failed television pilot, Tag Team. <laughs> uh, I, I did look into some of the history about, you know, what, what they thought Tag Team was going to be. And according to one of the co-stars of the show, Jesse the Body Ventura, uh, the show was guaranteed a 13-episode back order, but then there was, like, legal stuff going on that had nothing to do with the pilot, and, and it kind of got forgotten. So they never gave them the extra episodes and then just burned the pilot off in, like, the winter. I don't believe him, but sure. Sure, Jesse. Well, let's let's get into this uh, this this riveting crime drama. So immediately, I'm 
like floored because I knew nothing about this for the most part. And I didn't know that this actually involved professional wrestling. So the first scene is at a basically it's a WWF event, basically. It sure is. <laughs> and we uh, the first voice we hear is Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh, yeah. I, I, I get happy that we get to see him at some point, right? Yeah, no, no. He's actually he's got a got a recurring character on this episode. We'll, we'll talk about him. <laughs> so Mean Gene is giving us uh, he's he's the ring announcer and he's saying like, you know, if you if you check your souvenir program on a certain page, you'll get to meet the, the stars of the night. I don't know. We're supposed to be following it. But basically, this is all told over random shots of the crowd. Um, Jesse gets top billing. Which I thought was interesting. I guess I guess he was the bigger star at the time. I don't know. Maybe it's a seniority thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Um, we go backstage, and I there's a kid going backstage. I guess this is the kid who had the souvenir program, but he doesn't like go turn it into anyone. He just runs backstage. <laughs> so I don't really understand. Yeah, no, he sneaks through the shadows. He did not seem invited. <laughs> yes, but he goes to the locker room area. We see the heroes of our film. Uh, Roddy Piper has Jesse Ventura in an abdominal stretch to straighten out his back. It's a very odd way to meet our heroes, but that's the first thing we see. They are playing, uh, Roddy Piper is playing Tricky Rick McDonald. Again, what is Rick? He loves being called Rick. Yeah, he was Quick Rick in Body Slam. He just loves being called Rick. I don't I don't really get it. And uh, Jesse, is, uh, Jesse Ventura is playing Billy Youngblood, the body. So he also had to get his nickname in there. <laughs> If you look this this uh, film, quote unquote, on IMDb, uh, they have Jesse Ventura playing Bobby Youngblood. So I love it that they didn't even correctly get the name. <laughs> and that makes me happy. <laughs> Tricky Rick's ring attire is wild. He's dressed like kind of like the ultimate warrior meets like Sam Houston or something. It's very weird. Yeah, he's got the arm tassels that the warrior would wear, but also he takes them off before his match. He sure does. I noticed that, too. That was weird. <laughs> Um, the, the kid is giving them a hard time about their upcoming match with the Samurai Brothers, to which my note is, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's upset that he's upset that the Lizard Brothers aren't a thing anymore. Yeah, uh, this movie postulates a world in which every wrestling team basically belongs on an episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's great. <laughs> They uh they're they're still in the locker room they're whatever stretching and then and then in walks I guess the owner of this wrestling company, and his wife Leona who is played by Shannon Tweed. Yeah, it is. So that was a random cameo because she was already a thing in the early '90s, right? Wasn't she? a, yeah, a relatively. She, known? Oh, she was. Yeah, she was pretty well known. I mean, I got a feeling if this was picked up, her character would have shown up again down the road. Probably, yeah. I mean, if you had cable in the uh, early 90s, you know Shannon Tweed. That's uh, Kramer. It's a different podcast. We're not. <laughs> we haven't been greenlit to start that one yet. We're, we're, <laughs> we're waiting on our 13 episode back order. She's uh, giving them the the owner clearly loves these two guys. They're like his, you know, go to wrestling tag team. But she's kind of giving them grief like, oh, you'll never beat the Samurai Brothers. Then those two leave to go sit ringside. They leave out one door. And then immediately, Leona re-enters the room from a different door. I was beyond confused. I thought this was a different character for a few seconds. Yes, so did I. It was very... Even though it was the same person. Same person, same outfit, everything. But I also was thinking, what just happened? Because she leaves, she exits stage right and then re-enters <laughs> from, from center <laughs> stage back. It was very confusing. Yeah, it was like one of those Scooby-Doo hallway chases. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, she re-enters, and she tells the team the classic uh, lingo when you have to take a dive. It's not your night, kid. And of course, this is a world where professional wrestling is 100% real. That is correct. Now, it's never explained why Leona wants them to lose this match. It's it's simply never explained. She's, she does it. I mean, she's already rich, obviously. Uh, it's not implied that she's gambling. It's not even really implied that she dislikes them. She just really wants the Samurai Brothers to win. And, and, and I don't fully comprehend why. But, of course, Tricky Rick and Billy the Body, they're all about integrity and powering through. And they're both on the verge of a tag team title shot, which is really good for two men in their mid to late 40s <laughs> to be on the verge of a title shot. Uh, she tells them that if they do not lose this match, uh, she will inform her husband that they've been making advances at her, which will get them fired. <laughs> so now we go back to the, uh, we're going to see the introductions to our competing tag teams tonight. And we get Mean Gene's voice again. And then there, sure he, do. there he is in the center of the ring announcing our teams. And it's a different guy. That was so bizarre. It, it's, it's a gentleman... Uh, <laughs> announcing the teams and then being overdubbed by Mean Gene. Very, very weird. Um, so we, we meet our teams, and the, the team they're playing, or playing, jeez, the, t- the team our team is wrestling, our, and the, the, the tag team does not have a name, which I found frustrating. They're just Tricky Rick and Billy the Body. They, they don't have a cool like oh, right. gimmick name. Uh, the team they're wrestling, the Samurai Brothers, are actually played by one of the incarnations of the Orient Express. But they don't call them that. No, they're the Samurai Brothers. So they're wrestling yep. Pat Tanaka and Sato. And, of course, their manager is Mr. Fuji. So Mr. Fuji, now a Movie Marks alum. I'm excited. <laughs> we got a we got a movie tag team match. It's pretty good. It's it's probably better than most of the stuff we saw in Body Slam. It's a pretty good match. You know, we've got four decent workers in there. Five, you count Fuji. Yeah. Uh, they're doing their stuff. Fuji, of course, gives his team, you know, the handful of salt. Because <laughs> that is and will be Fuji's gimmick forever. <laughs> Billy Youngblood gets the salt in the eyes, and he's in a lot of trouble. And then, in an odd swerve for this match, a kendo stick enters the ring, and Tricky Rick gets a hold of it and starts beating the hell out of Mr. Fuji <laughs> as he runs away. <laughs> I did not expect to see that. Uh, because this is not even something that really used to happen a lot in early 90s wrestling. This no, is I, I don't remember the kendo stick until I started watching ECW. Basically, yes. I mean, so th- that was out there. Of course, you know, Youngblood's still got the salt in his eyes. He needs help. And then he's about to make the hot tag to Tricky Rick. And we get the great slow motion diving hot tag. (laughs) It's the greatest moment in television history. The tightest close up on just two hands about the touch. It's great. I loved it. Uh, of course, the our, our heroes battle back. We're, they, we're getting intercut with shots of Leona being upset in the crowd because, you know, she wants them to lose. Uh, and then they hit the uh, the Samurai Brothers with their finishing maneuver, which is a double body slam followed by a double elbow. It's not bad. It's a pretty good move. Mm. That that's like that's like good '90s tag moves. Yeah. So they're winning. The crowd's really excited. We get shots in the crowd of Leona whispering in her husband's ear, presumably saying, "These two guys have been hitting on me." And then they are <laughs> fired on the spot from the crowd simply by their boss doing the cutthroat symbol to them. <laughs> I know. It was pretty great. <laughs> it was. Because you get a close-up on this guy who's just doing, like, all, like, it's basically improv one-on-one acting. Like, all right, you're happy. Oh, now you're getting bad news. Oh, now you're angry. <laughs> and, and it cuts to Piper and Ventura, and they just look so sad. Right. Like, that's their response, is they just look like, oh. Aww. She wasn't bluffing. 
Um, my my note here is why I <laughs> I can't comprehend a single reason why this is happening, but it is happening. Um, the next scene, they're at their apartment? Question mark or entire building? Yeah, it's very confusing. It's basically the size of like a full gymnasium that they live. There's just two beds in the middle. It's really weird. <laughs> Uh, Billy is filling in some backstory for the uh, audience. They have been barred for life, which, okay, I don't <laughs> I don't know. That's not really a thing, but sure, I guess, I don't know. I guess if wrestling was real, you would be able to do that. Um, Rick insists that they stick together because Billy is saying, oh, you know, they always liked you better. I'll just take all the blame. You go back to, to working. But Rick says, no, we're a team. We do everything together. And he says that they have some ideas or he has some ideas for jobs they can do. Uh, while they're looking for something permanent. So Billy begrudgingly agrees. And our next scene, they're immediately, we cut right to them in the middle of moving a piano. Yep, which was something as a child I thought I would experience much more because it is a plot point on damn near every sitcom I've ever watched. Yes, it, it is. Whenever you need to show someone has a bad job, you show them moving a piano upstairs. That's That's shorthand for this is hard. I was very mad this wasn't a montage of different jobs them failing at. I was hoping that would happen. <laughs> so there are they're bickering, oh, Billy saying, I thought you said this was going to be an easy job, and Rick saying, oh, just keep pushing. Then we hear a, a, like a comically loud pop, and Billy says that his back has gone out. It's like It sounds like you know someone with like a slap bracelet was off camera to making this no- noise. Yeah, no, if this was his back, he'd be in a wheelchair the rest of the movie. Right. So Billy can't hold it anymore, so he lets go. He gets out of the way. And the piano starts to fall down the stairs. So pretty standard stuff. It starts knocking out all the the pieces of the banister as it goes down. And, you know, it's kind of silly. But apparently, it is able to generate enough speed going down (laughs) seven stairs that it busts through a brick wall at the landing of this staircase. Yep. This this piano went full Shockmaster. (laughs) It falls... Five stories after breaking through this brick wall, which begs the question, did they already carry this piano up five floors? Because that was, that was a whole nother thing. And lands directly on the moving truck, which basically explodes because of this piano. This is the most wild finish to this stereotypical piano scene I've ever seen in my life. The, the notion that this piano could break through a brick wall is simply bonkers and they are very casual about it after it happens yeah i mean they keep complaining that they have no money they're gonna have to pay a lot of money for all these damages they ruined a truck they gotta fix a hole in a building (laughs) if they broke a building a truck and a piano on their first day at work so they're not going to be movers anymore like you said this is not a montage rick wants to open a wrestling school which might have actually been a a better plot for a tv show but no (laughs) they don't do that I like the reasoning behind not opening it, though. Uh, yeah, wasn't it that they're not big enough rest, big enough stars? Yeah, that's <laughs> something champions do, yeah, right. Rick. We, we never got our title shot. Wouldn't the world be upset that their number one contending tag team is barred for life? Like, wouldn't they have some leverage? You would think so, yeah. The funny thing about that excuse, too, about the wrestling school is, like, 90% of the time you hear about wrestlers training, it's always with some guy that was, like, a job guy on Raw or somebody from Superstars. You never hear really about the superstars training anybody. No, because the superstars made enough money that they can kind of cash in on yeah. their celebrity for you know to, to a degree. <laughs> Billy says he's got them a, a great job lined up, working with women. 
And then we cut to them in a defense class where they are wearing pads so that women can beat them up to learn how to defend themselves. Yep. I actually thought this was kind of a fun gag. I don't know. It was okay. It was a fun gag. Did you see who the who the lead woman was? I did indeed, but you can tell us. The woman leading this class was the one and only Mimi from Drew Carey. <laughs> That's correct. Kathy Kinney is her name, and and indeed, this this is how she got her big break. Maybe Drew Carey saw her on this and said, you know what? That's my foil right there. <laughs> um, so this job doesn't work out, but they do get paid for the full day, even though they tapped out after the first class. <laughs> Which I also thought was kind of funny. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. That was very nice of them. They go to a supermarket, and of course, there's a robbery in progress. So th- this this is added to our pantheon of random burglary scenes in the movies we do. We, we've had diners, we've had delis, now we have a supermarket. Tricky Rick springs into action and takes out the first guy. Um, he does like an airplane spin into a Death Valley driver into a cereal display. It was pretty cool. Yeah, he keeps throwing this guy into very soft store displays. <laughs> right. The there there this this supermarket robbery is basically being handled by like the Joker's gang because there's a ton <laughs> of these bad guys and they're all like very okay with murdering supermarket employees because they have shotguns. I mean, how much money do they think they get at the supermarket? But anyway, Billy comes to help. He was in the produce section. He likes grapes. That's that's a character trait for some reason. That would have been a running joke this if this show got picked up, of every episode, him having to get grapes at some point. Yes. Because they do it multiple times in this pilot. Correct. Uh, so he sneaks up on a bad guy. He, like, jumps on him as though it's, you know, a top rope move. They do their finishing move to another uh, bad guy, this time into, yes, another soft display. <laughs> <laughs> and then these bad guys, they start just shooting shotguns everywhere and rick says oh we have to go after them because there are still two more bad guys who are running away i guess with some money and billy says why would we go after them (laughs) we're professional wrestlers why are we doing any of this and he's right of course that makes a good that's a good point yep he also decides to tell us that he hates guns this is the moment he hates guns which again makes sense if you're being shot at i would also hate guns at that point (laughs) uh but he agrees to go with them because they're a team so they run into the parking lot they're able to, uh, again, this was going to be a running gag. They they call out a spot from a match they had, you know, 20 years ago or something. And they're able to distract the, the bad guys driving the car away. And they drive through what I guess is a recycling bin. But it's the size of, like, a small planet, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain bizarre. It looked like a house made of cans. Right. It's a gigantic cube filled with recycled material cans it's essentially and they it's a it actually looks visually it's kind of cool this car hits it and it's like cans exploding everywhere it's kind of cool so i don't know what was this supermarket doubling is like the recycling plant of north america i don't know <laughs> this feels like one of those things that was a very specific to that area of california that the producers thought this is something they have all over the country right this will make sense <laughs> The uh, the cops come to clean up. They they take away these these very very bad burglars, <laughs> to, and they're going to jail. And the cops say, "Oh, you know who are you working with?" Because they think that uh, Rick and Billy are undercover cops. And they uh, they say, "Oh man, it's too bad you're not cops. You'd be good at it." And Rick and Billy look at each other. Hmm. I w- <laughs> I wonder is this a good idea? And then our next scene, Kramer, is commercials because our copy had commercials in it. <laughs> I was more excited for this than I was the movie when I found this out. 
we get commercials for just some of the great 90s products, like the McDonald's steak sandwich, which no one remembers. <laughs> I didn't remember it. No, but it's just a McRib without the barbecue sauce. <laughs> and steak sauce. Yep. Then you get the Frosted Flakes commercial where kids are ash- or adults are ashamed to eat Frosted Flakes for their because they're for kids. I remember, I remember that. Yep, one. I remember these. These are great. We have a Vicks Formula Forty Four M, which I don't even know if that's probably not even legal medicine anymore. No, definitely. that just sounds fucked up. No, definitely not. That was definitely killing people. <laughs> uh, and then it ends pretty much with a Wild Cherry Lifesavers commercial when you could just get a roll of just the cherry ones. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then some crazy horse made for TV movie. Yeah, it's called Son of the Morning Star. I'm probably going to look it up and see if I could watch it. It's probably also on YouTube. And in that, we probably get commercials for Tag Team. Probably. Oh, well, you know what? It's gonna have to, we're going to have to do a part two for this episode then. <laughs> All righty, back to our movie. <laughs> thank, thank you for your patronage. Uh, we They're suddenly at the police academy. So there you go. Yep, and we get to meet Tyler. Tyler. Tyler's uh, I don't have a lot of notes on Tyler, but he's he's a... Uh, He's going to be My note is he's an asshole. <laughs> he's the he's the asshole who's going to give them grief but ultimately is is one of the good guys. It's, you know, it's, it, these are these are tropes. These are cop show 90s buddy tropes, you know. You, you know all of them. Uh now we cut to a random street. So I uh, in my head I'm thinking, "Oh, another commercial break quickly cuz this seems completely disconnected from everything else." <laughs> uh there's a woman, we learn her name is Rita Valentine. Great TV show name. <laughs> She's walking her dog. The dog runs away and it runs into a parking garage and she hears people coming. She gets scared. So she hides with her dog. And then she witnesses a mob style hit on these two people. So I'm just going to assume that this is never going to be revisited. Right? No, no, it feels like it's not got nothing to do with the rest of our movie. Yeah. Yeah. So you could just forget that that scene happens. Um, we cut back to our heroes who are still at basic training and they are now running an obstacle course. This is a better obstacle course than what we saw in Santa's Little Helper. A hundred percent. I'm always a sucker for any mo- movie with an obstacle course, and this is this is a pretty high up there obstacle course. It's it's pretty good. It's it's like it's like part military boot camp, part like Battle of the Network Stars. Yep. And since it's only an hour, we need to make sure we get our two leads through all of basic training within ten minutes. So yeah, we're we're gonna talk about the timeline <laughs> in in a bit. I'm not there yet, but. So we get our obstacle course, like you said, Tyler's giving them grief, like, oh, you'll never make it over this wall. And then, of course, they use their tag team powers to get over the wall. One of the ways they get over one of these obstacles is that they mention the Rockers. That was bizarre to me. Yeah, I I mean, we, we can talk about this briefly, but I guess this had some tie-in with WWF. It had to, because they are name-dropping WWF wrestlers right. a lot. So some of them are made up, like, obviously, whatever it was, the Lizard team and the Samurai Brothers, those are not real things but then they name drop the rockers we're going to get to a section in a bit where they name drop other people i found that strange but clearly it was just to you know they were planning some kind of tie-in i'm assuming if this got more episodes every person they mentioned would guest star on the show uh and it would have been my favorite show to ever watch as a child save it we're, we're, we're not at the <laughs> review portion yet <laughs> then uh so they they do great in the obstacle course then they go then they're at a shooting range and we learn that billy is a, a marksman. He's a great shot, even though he doesn't like guns. Uh, their their captain asks him, like, well, how are you such a good shot? And he says, well, I was a Navy SEAL, which is, you know, something Ventura likes to talk about a lot in his own life. Yeah, but even that's weird because he says that so casually. 
but also in the entire movie, like the movie leading up to this, he's like, we have no skills. We have nothing to fall back on. You already had Navy SEAL training. I'm pretty sure you can figure something out with that. Right. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I again, look, what are we talking about here? But I'm assuming they're developing a character <laughs> where he wants to forget that part of his life. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard to know how deep they were going to go into, uh, you know, post-traumatic, post-traumatic stress disorder from service well, luckily after this episode we will be writing all of the remaining season one episodes <laughs> um oh that's a good idea who should we recast as, as these characters <laughs> who, who would who would be in this duo i mean oh, today yeah i mean obviously i would tricky rick i would make our truth obviously yeah the, sort of the because um, he's he's the lighter person and then the body i mean you probably have to go with someone like lacey evans right Got the yeah, military background, a little little cold on the on the exterior. We find out she has a heart of gold. Oh, we're definitely <laughs> we're definitely doing this, right? <laughs> yep. Anyway, we cut back now again. Different movie. Uh, Rita Valentine is in a at a lineup, like a usual <laughs> suspect style lineup, and she's identifying the bad guys who she saw kill the other guys who it turns out were undercover police officers. So. Now they're saying we're going to put you into protective custody. Don't worry. It's going to be great. You have to testify at a grand jury in like X amount of days. So great. Again, different movie. I don't know why we're learning about all this. Uh, We cut back to the guy's apartment, question mark. And Rick is worried he's going to fail the academy because he was never good at taking tests. So to get him confident about himself, Billy quizzes him on random wrestling facts. And here's where we get a lot of Piper name dropping Andre the Giant's the tallest wrestler in history. And Billy says, who are the most popular wrestlers? And now we get, like, Vince wrote this scene, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you know who he's got to say. Yes, that's right. The most popular wrestlers, according to Tricky Rick McDonald, are the Hulkster, the Ultimate Warrior, and Jake the Snake. <laughs> so they, their merch must have been top three, and that's why they, they dropped them. <laughs> this is actually a pretty good scene. Again, the chemistry is good. They graduate. From the police academy in the next scene, uh, Tricky Rick uses his, uh, as he's taking the test, he's like spewing wrestling facts and it helps him remember police facts. It's really weird. Um, Like he even said, again, weird name drops. He's like the warlord team with the barbarian. We're getting the, you know, the powers of pain references now. What is this? This scene happens a lot back in these movies, too, where it's just like. The guy remembers baseball stats, so he's better at doing this. Or maybe it all originated here. Oh, that this is this is it. Ooh, <laughs> this is history then. So anyway, they they graduate. Uh, we we cut back to a scene with characters we've never seen before. But apparently, these are the leaders of the mob that killed those two guys, and we learn that they want to kill Rita again. Different movie that doesn't connect. Don't know why we're learning about this, but Rita Valentine is now in trouble because she ID'd the guys. I like that it's not that important who these guys are, so it's the most vague, just mobbery they're just talking about. Yeah, like, we had to get those guys. Why? No one knows. Yeah. We just had to. Yeah, they're, and they're not—they're not playing stereotypes. They're just guys. <laughs> we don't know what their business is. They're just kind of like vague gang bad guys. So my note here is, and this is where we talk about the timeline a little bit. The way they structure this pilot is nuts because there's a completely side story with Rita while the guys are becoming are finishing the police academy so was the police academy training 12 hours they were hard up for cops (laughs) all of the Rita stuff definitely happens over a period of at least a few days because she's walking her dog at night yeah 
So, and we also see, we see scenes at the tag team's apartment at night. So that means they're leaving the academy, which I don't think you do anyway, right? Don't you still you have to sleep <laughs> like like on on campus, whatever they call it, like at the academy? You don't get to go back to the wrestling clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the the timeline is is fascinating to me. It's it's more confusing than the timeline of the Empire Strikes Back, where, where all of the Han and Leia stuff seems to be happening over a period of a day, but Luke is training with Yoda for seven months. It's it's. <laughs> That's basically what this is. So just so we know, this is 100% the only time in history that the TV pilot tag team was compared to <laughs> The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> that Get us in Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> and then at their first day at work, you know, they're, they're in full uniform. Their first day on the job, they're told, oh, you're, you know, you're not uniformed cops anymore. Now you're plainclothes cops, which wouldn't yeah. happen. <laughs> And they're assigned to protect Rita. So all of this stuff happens all at once. The two stories combine. It's great. And not only are they plainclothes cops, it's not even like kind of dress for the job. It's you're plainclothes in that you just wear your everyday clothes. So like Piper's wearing that that 80s <laughs> wrestling where your your shirt is off both your shoulders for some reason. <laughs> Kramer. <laughs> Billy the body as a plainclothes cop, is dressed like a cowboy. <laughs> he's got like like a rawhide jacket with tassels, and he's wearing a bandana and earrings and jeans and boots. That's not what plainclothes means. <laughs> it means be inconspicuous, not be, not be able to be spotted from the moon. All righty, Kramer, it's time for more commercials. What do you got? All right, so this time around, we got Dexatrim diet pills. Somebody definitely died taking those yep. in the 90s. There's multiple cold med commercials because it's the winter, right? and this is a Pittsburgh area uh, broadcast. That's correct. So. Rollades. We have the American Music Awards with superstars like Bonnie Raitt and my all-time favorite name for a band now, yep. the Kentucky Headhunters. Yeah, who the fuck are they? <laughs> Never heard of them, but that is a great tag team name. Yes. What the fuck? I wrote that down too. Why did the... they get name dropped? Like, I don't listen to country music. I know country artists. Who the fuck are the Kentucky Headhunters? <laughs> I've never heard of them in my life. <laughs> also, shit gets real during this commercial break because we get snapped back into reality because we get a commercial for this week with David Brinkley covering what's going on in Iraq. Yeah, so wow. That was that was that was a real time capsule. Yeah, seriously. But luckily, that's followed up by Larry Zonka on Norwegian Cruise Lines. Yes, I was so excited. F fun <laughs> fact, I have I actually own a Larry Zonka jersey. <laughs> fun fact. Ooh, that is a fun fact. That is a that was such a bizarre commercial. Yeah, my note is yes, Larry Zonka exclamation point. And then my next note is Norwegian Cruise Lines question <laughs> mark. Yeah. Was did he was he on every Norwegian cruise at the time? Like did, did no he... matter where you went, you got to meet Larry Zonka? This was definitely some kind of pyramid scheme, right? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And this block of commercials will now end with your local Pittsburgh news update covering both the Gulf War and the what's most important. Is Mario Lemieux back on the ice tonight? That's right. Is Super Mario back? <laughs> so great. Oh, man. Made me happy. Anyway, back to our regular scheduled programming. There's another mob scene where they paid $10,000 to find out where she was staying. I don't know why we care about the specifics of how they found out, but the, the, the show takes time to tell us that. 
The uh, bad guys roll in. The our tag team is there in quote unquote plain clothes with two other <laughs> plain clothes cops who obviously are giving them the business. They're they're you know by the book old school cops. And again, they were going to be recurring characters, always questioning the methods of our heroes. So the four of them are there on the security detail, and the uh, bad guys are able to sneak into the house using the old fake mailman trick. <laughs> <laughs> It is a very complicated scam they run where they, I guess, either kidnap or murder an actual mailman. And then one of them dresses up like the mailman and they push the door open because the other cops are idiots who open the door for a mailman, even though this isn't a real house. So, yeah, why would you be getting mail? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Uh, One of the cops gets shot with a shotgun blast and gets launched over a dining room table, which was wild. Then the bad guys start doing, like, very uncomfortable and bad karate or something. <laughs> doing, like, awkward spin kicks to the other cop. This cop is, like, a guy in his 50s. Like, they don't need they can just punch him, probably. But they're doing, like, twirling kicks. It's ridiculous. In the 90s, all thugs had vague martial arts training. Yes. Piper, they were upstairs. Basically, both of them were flirting with Rita upstairs in her bedroom, <laughs> which I don't think is how you do copping, but whatever. Yeah, they, they're already bad at this job. Oh, they're terrible at this job. <laughs> They hear the commotion downstairs, so they both they decide to go investigate. They pull out their guns. This what I found was weird, and I don't really understand why. Billy has like a normal police gun. Piper is carrying like a six shooter, <laughs> like a revolver, which is not what you would be issued if you were a police officer. I don't know why that choice was made, but when you become a cop, do they just give you what's lying around? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's standard issue. No, they, it's literally what they say. They they both have, they have different weapons, which I didn't understand. And they so, so now we get kind of I guess it's an action scene. I don't really know how to describe it, but they're sneaking up on these bad guys in this house and Billy, again, dressed like a fucking cowboy, <laughs> is like crouching around a corner and he's in he's in clear view of the bad guy, which is wild. But the bad guy doesn't see him somehow. And the way he decides to take him out is by pulling a rug out from underneath him, which is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Again, he's a gigantic man trained as a Navy SEAL with a weapon. And instead of like tackling him, shooting him or doing something else, he pulls a rug out and trips this guy. Great. So they beat up the bad guys. Um, They grab one of them. And they also have this running gag where they grab a bad guy and then throw them. That's one of their their moves. So they throw a bad guy through the front window of this house, which seems really stupid because <laughs> he's going to be able to run away, <laughs> but they do it. You mean this isn't elimination style? <laughs> While they're doing this, uh, they look down the street and Rita is running away. That also seems dumb. Why would you do that? <laughs> so they say, oh, no, she's running away. And since they have thrown the bad guys out of the house, the bad guys say she's running away and they're able to chase her. So everything about this is it's ridiculous. Everyone should be fired. Yep. Speaking of which, back at the police station, their captain gets them into trouble. The other cops basically blame them for everything going wrong, which is not totally true, but it's mostly true. And it's they get in trouble true. because they're very bad at being cops, let's be frank. And then, Kramer, it's time for more commercials. <laughs> so this one actually started off weak, and I was kind of disappointed. It was a soup mix commercial. Boo. <laughs> Garlic powder commercial. What are you even talking about? More cold medicine. We get it. Everyone's got sniffly noses this time. The Crest toothpaste commercial where it showed kids being way too happy to go to the dentist, which was bullshit. Yep. I'll see you next time, dude. No one says that to a dentist ever in history. 
Then we get a Domino's commercial. All right, we're picking a little bit up here. That's not bad. Buy a large pizza, get a second for 30 cents. Okay, give me the showstopper. Not bad. Give me the showstopper. But then, then, <laughs> out of nowhere, the powerhouses come in. Jonathan Winters and Randy Quaid. Oh, my God. Jonathan Winters is a stay-at-home granddad taking care of the kids for Randy Quaid, who is also these kids' principal in school. Guys, it's Davis Rules. <laughs> No memory of this show whatsoever. None, none. Uh, I assume it ran for 10 seasons. (laughs) Well, it said that uh, the commercial was for the premiere, so I'm assuming that much like Tag Team, it did not get picked up for 13 episodes. Oh, man, I was... I've never heard of this, and I'm usually pretty good at knowing weird, obscure sitcoms. It's just weird seeing Randy Quaid look like a healthy, normal person, too. Not what he is today. No, no, he... Like, this is like peak i'm a normal human randy quaid so (laughs) so i'll be looking up davis rules on youtube if anybody wants to follow me on my new podcast davis rules cast that was an awful name i couldn't even pull that one out yeah no i I like it how you just uh everything is just uh just cast at the end yeah throw cast on it the the property housing with dan (laughs) housing it should probably be quaid cast because then you could do you know, oh God! Yeah, he would be on that probably. Should we start doing that? Uh, I don't. I don't know if we want to be associated with the Quaid family. Although the the the, uh, the kid Quaid is pretty good, right? He's on. He's on the boys, right? Yeah, he's pretty good. Anyway, segue. <laughs> we're we're back to our our uh, show here. Rick thinks they should quit being cops already. So fifty <laughs> percent of the heroes of this movie are ready to tap out. One day on the job. <laughs> this movie in ten minutes hit the classic. We're taking your badge, reflection on being a cop, we don't need no badge of any cop-like drama. Yep. Uh, something Rick says reminds Billy of a conversation they had with Rita. And so Billy and Rick decide they know where Rita is hiding out, and they're going to go get her to this deposition. The movie creates an arbitrary time limit that is ridiculous. <laughs> Because she needs to testify, but they only have like 17 minutes. And if she's a minute late, even though she's been threatened and had to run for her life, if she's a minute late, this whole case will fall apart, which is not how copying works. It's not how investigations work. It's not how law works. None of this makes any sense. And I don't even know why they put it in. But that's it. They have like 17 minutes. So they decide that they need to borrow a car. And uh, Tyler is out front. I guess, was he washing the car? It was very weird. I don't know what was happening. Tyler is, for some reason, in charge of the deputy chief's car. Don't know why this is a part of the plot. This was just a way to get Tyler into the end of this episode. Right, right, because he's going to be part of their team in in episode two. Uh, Billy and Rick basically steal the car from Tyler. Tyler comes with them for some reason. Don't know why this is happening. They speed downtown. She's at an animal shelter because, like you said, she likes animals. Billy was able to remember that that's probably where she would be. Uh, The bad guys also find them because they're taking her to the courthouse. And the bad guys know she has to be at the courthouse to testify. And why would the bad guys in broad daylight go to kill this woman and attack cops? Wouldn't that make your charges worse? That might tack, like, penalty time under that 17 minutes. I mean, and not only that, but... They're going to catch you doing it. <laughs> so, I mean, you're in front of a courthouse. You know she's under pol- police protection. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, th- this is going to be this, the scene of your climactic battle. 
this is a fist fight scene with the with these bad guys. I, there's I think there's two left. There's a fist fight. Tyler gets in, involved a little bit. He's able to arrest a guy. They're they're doing vague wrestling moves like on the lawn of this courthouse. For some <laughs> it looks reason, like you're fucking around with your cousins on Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? For some reason, there's a palm tree with like wrestling ropes tied to it at one point, <laughs> and Piper's able to like do the Irish whip and clothesline him. It doesn't make any sense. This is it. It, it reminds me of Jim Cotta. If you've anyone's ever seen that awful movie, <laughs> yeah, where like, every <laughs> time a fight broke out, it just was conveniently around things that were like uh, acrobatic. It was like, it's like a pommel horse and a balance beam. <laughs> yeah. But every episode, they would have gotten a fight where something vaguely resembled a ring. Yeah. <laughs> um. So again, they're they're in trouble. But now now we get the inverse hot tag where Piper has to hot tag, uh, a Ventura in. So we get another slow motion hot tag. I started laughing uncontrollably at how stupid that was. <laughs> yeah. Ah, whatever. Got to put the other guy over. Was, he was pinned against a tree, and like <laughs> Piper jumps in slow motion over a bush to tag himself in in a fucking fist fight in the street. It's, you don't need to tag in. It's what, first of all, wrestling is real in this world, so that probably <laughs> really helped them. Second of all, it got, I don't know. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> uh, they win the fight. Bad guys get arrested. Everything's happy. And then we get a great 90s freeze frame where, where our heroes are just smiling, and you know that it would have said, stay tuned for scenes from our next episode, but there is no other episode, so it just was a random freeze frame. We get more commercials. Let's run through these quick, Kramer. <laughs> All right. You got Oatmeal Crisp with an awesome song about, look, Ma, this ain't your oatmeal. That was fun. Definitely don't remember a that gum cereal. gum commercial. Dentine. Great. Go. <laughs> uh, McDonald's Steak Burger's back, but this time it's on jet skis. I don't know what the fuck's yep. happening here. Don't know why that works. Go. <laughs> Raisinets, Tide. And the Bills will be taking on the Giants tomorrow in the Super Bowl. That that was a wild reference that this happened right before that. I mean, man, I remember that Super Bowl, so I'm just very old. This is such a time capsule, this, these yeah, commercials. It's great. Uh, but we're back to our show where we get our, our, our stinger scene. Billy and Rick are in their apartment, question mark. And they are shirtless for some reason. One's out of the shower. One's doing crunches. Cool. I don't know. Rita knocks on the door. And she brings them a rescue dog that they had taken a liking to at the animal shelter. I guess that's how she's going to reward them for <laughs> saving her life. I don't know. Again, they're just filling out the cast. So I guess the dog is part of the main cast. They both say, oh, there's, oh, there's an obvious name. So I think they're going to name it, you know, tag team or something to do with what happened in the episode. Maybe grapes. I don't know. But they named the dog Body Slam, which I don't even understand. <laughs> like, no. that was never a reference. They're referencing a movie Piper made 10 years before. I don't understand. Yeah. Who's gonna, what are you going to, every time you call the dog, you're going to yell Body Slam? That's awful. I, I mean, it makes me think that the name of the show was going to be Body Slam, right? And then they just scrapped it. Was it, it going to be named after the dog? <laughs> yeah. But, but the dog was going to be the lead in episode two. But it's not like in the earlier part of the the show they were like hey our our catchphrase is body slam so that's the obvious name they made it seem like oh we're all gonna be able to guess this but no it's just <laughs> a random name so that's uh that's tag team yep sure is kramer kramer thoughts um it is a thing that we watched it was an hour and spoiler i mean not really spoiler but a little peek behind the curtain i fell asleep when i watched it originally so that's weird for only something that's an hour well, to be fair, it's actually not an hour. It's an hour with commercials. <laughs> Without commercials, <laughs> it's, you know, your standard 46-minute 90s TV show. Kramer, I'm just going to say it right now. I love this. 
if this got a full series, I would have watched every episode 25 times. Everything about this is great. I, I don't, I'm not even joking. I just, I was so happy the entire time. And, and I'll take it one step further. I don't even think it's that bad. I mean, it's not great, but it's not that bad. It's not bad. Like, I agree with you. If this was something that actually had come to fruition, I would have watched every episode. I would have been heartbroken when it wouldn't come back for season two. And I didn't know what was going on because back then we didn't know if shows were coming back or not. Yes. So. Right. Yeah. We just, <laughs> you, the only way you found out is when you saw didn't see commercials for them <laughs> leading up to September. Okay, Kramer, it is now time for Ignorance is Bliss. This is the part of the show where we ask people what they think these movies are about, but they only know the name and the name of the wrestlers in it. So we did get a few entries about Tag Team. Uh, I was really hoping someone would write in and be like, oh, I remember watching that, but of course no one did. (laughs) But uh, as always, Kramer, we're just going to highlight one very special entry, and that's when I spoke to my father about what he thinks the television pilot slash TV movie Tag Team is about. So why don't we listen to that together, and then we'll hear what you think about what my dad thinks afterward. Hey, Dad. Hello, Chris. So today's movie is called Tag Team, and it stars two wrestlers, Roddy Piper and Jesse Ventura. What do you think Tag Team is about? Well, the Tag Team is you're passing off, you know, you're passing off to the other, um, other person. Like saying a relay race, um, but it sounds to me more like a military group. Okay, so you said that a tag team is is passing off. What is it? You mentioned a relay race, so I guess in that context it would be a baton. Right. What is being passed off in this context? I would say probably some kind of military operation. So, how many <laughs> members does this team have? That I don't know. Obviously, it's it has to have at least two. Are the wrestlers in it, Roddy Piper and Jesse Ventura, part of this team? Or are they split? Is one of them the villain, one of them the hero? What's going on? I would say what, I would say they're both part of the same team. Okay. Do, does, the, does the concept of a tag team, you mentioned racing, sort of like an Olympic race, does that concept extend to anywhere else that you're aware of? Well, it actually, actually, I believe it started in wrestling matches. You think there are tag team wrestling matches as well? Yes. There's actually the wrestlers in the ring, and then they uh, they have to get to the other team member at the end of the ring for the for the other team member to come in come into the ring and take their place. So it's it, that <clears throat> that's the other instance I could think of. <laughs> So I, I like the moment in the middle of that where the light bulb goes off and my dad's thinking, oh, shit, that's right. There's a tag team wrestling thing. <laughs> well, that's where it started. <laughs> but then he plays but it somehow up. he's he, he still kind of equates it to a race too. At somehow like they have to get to the end of the ring. He pretends like he knew that all along. Like, well, I think that's where it started. But <laughs> but he didn't mention it before. <laughs> I also, you know, I don't. I don't know much about military operations either. Everything I've learned is from the Marine, obviously. But I, I like how my dad is thinking that military operations, you have to tag in and out to, to perform your mission. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a relay race, like one guy can only do so much. But then if the enemy is encroaching, you got to you got to hand it off. <laughs> 
I'm waiting for the one where you ask your dad the question and his response is, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. No. <laughs> it's coming. Don't worry. It's uh, <laughs> me, me, and, me and him have 40 years of uh, pent up feuding we have to blow off. So, so Kramer, that was Ignorance is Bliss. Um, and as promised, this episode is also tying into this year's Academy Award show, which, as you know, and maybe the listeners know, this is a very big time of the year for me. And th- this is a special time for our show because it's rare that movies that we cover are actually well-regarded by critics. But this year, the movie Dune is nominated not only for Best Picture, but nine other awards. And that stars one of our favorites on this show, Dave Batista. Big Dave. So as, as a special treat, we're not going to talk too much about Dune. It's a long movie. We can't really go into it the way we normally do. And honestly, you know, we're a comedy show nominally, so... I don't know how much comedy there would be able to wring from what is perceived to be a good movie. So we're just going to do a little something special. And I've devised a special edition of The Swerve. This is The Swerve. So Kramer, This Swerve is going to be straight trivia centering on Dune and Dave Bautista. But since I decided that that might be a little one note, The way I've decided to handle this is to find two people who have seen Dune to ask them questions about Dave Bautista, the wrestler. And I found two people who have not seen Dune, but are wrestling fans to ask them about the movie Dune. All right. Sounds good. And Kramer, you are one of the marks who will be answering questions about Dune. Wait, what? (laughs) So we're going to have a... Yes, no, I have not seen Dune. (laughs) I have seen Dune. I, I recommend you catch up. But we're going to have a four-way trivia contest. We're, we're going to be calculating points. There's going to be a winner, and the prizes will be nothing. But th- th- there it is. So I contacted one of our longtime uh, listeners, and I know that because she was one of the first people to email our show. It's Julie from Texas. And as we know about Julie, she knows nothing about wrestling. And often her emails are simply, what the fuck is all this wrestling stuff? <laughs> So I figured it would be fun to see if she had seen Dune and ask her questions about about Big Dave, the wrestler. So uh, she told me that she has seen Dune, and I asked her what she thought of it, and she said that it was okay, a little boring, but it picked up toward the end. So that was her review of Dune. Oh, okay. Glowing review. And of course, Kramer, the other person I had to ask was my father. <laughs> so, So my dad making a return appearance on this episode to tell us what he thought about Dune. All right, so let's start with some basics. Do you know which movie this year that's nominated for 10 Oscars stars a professional wrestler? No, not aware at all. Not aware at all. It's Dune. It's who? Dune. <laughs> oh, Dune. Okay. Have, have you seen the movie Dune? Yes, I have. The new one? You've seen it? I've seen the new one, yes. And now, 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 I'm, now I think I know who the wrestler is. I don't know the wrestler by name, but I could picture the wrestler. Okay, well, without spoilers, because we're not doing spoilers on our show for a, for a new movie, what did you think of the movie? Did you like it? I actually liked it, yes. Okay, have, did you see the, uh, the old Dune, the original one, from, whatever, 35 years ago? Yes, I actually seen it in the movies when it first came out. Wow, do, do, do you remember it, or not really? Yes, I remember it. <laughs> it's all about the spice. <laughs> That's right, the spice must flow. So, uh, if you're comparing the two, which, which version do you think is better? I would think the newer version is better. You really had to follow closely the original version. It wasn't as coherent? Yes. 
So you said you're not sure which, uh, you think you know which character the wrestler is playing. Do you remember the name of this character at least? No, I don't. And you definitely don't know the name of the wrestler. I definitely don't know the name. I could picture him, but I don't know the name of the wrestler. <laughs> so the wrestler in the movie is named Dave Batista, and he is playing the character Glossu Raban. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you know. He definitely cannot picture the wrestler. I just... <laughs> no, he thinks it's Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to see him as a wrestler now. <laughs> Okay, so, so Kramer, so that, that was just general thoughts about the movie. Now, now we're going to start some trivia. Okay. Okay, so we're going to start with you. As I said, you are a Mark who's going to be answering questions about the film Dune. This is a blind spot for me and my, my nerddom. I, I do not care much for the Dune world. I, I will tell you that uh, this is not about the ex- expanded universe of Dune. This is everything that, that all of these questions you can know from the movie. Okay. Okay. Dune is directed by Denis... Villeneuve, which I'm tried really hard to get that pronunciation right. I don't want another. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Malcolm. Oh, <laughs> Frankie Munoz. So Muniz. I don't want another one of those. <laughs> You're still doing it. OK, so <laughs> tell me three other movies that he has directed. I will give you a point for each. And I will get none of them right because I do not remember. All right. Let's see here. <sighs> I would like to say that he directed one of the Prometheuses. <laughs> Okay, no, he didn't. Keep going. <laughs> okay. All right. He directed... These are not obscure mu- movies. You've probably seen... Oh, they're not obscure? They're not obscure. I've he... probably seen them? Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So then he also did... Oh, okay. Well, if it's movies I've seen, uh, then he directed Fighting With My Family. <laughs> <laughs> and he directed Avengers Endgame. Okay, so that's zero points. Um... Fuck! <laughs> So he um, he's directed uh, 10 or 12 films, I think. But the, the ones you would have known is he directed Prisoners, which is the Hugh Jackman kidnapping movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, why would I know that? No one remembers that movie. He directed Sicario. Oh, I remember that one. Arrival, good science fiction film. Oh. And he directed the Blade Runner sequel, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, so I was close. Yeah, so that's zero points. Um, we uh, The other mark I've decided to ask is... Alfred from California. So Alfred's also going to oh, be competing Alfred. in this. And uh, here were the three movies he decided that were directed by Denis Villeneuve. Ah, oh, God, I definitely missed it that time. I really tried. New Wave. Yep, New Wave. God. So Alfred guessed Sicario, okay. Sicario 2, <laughs> and Dora the Explorer. So, <laughs> uh, so he went off the rails there a bit, but he did get a point for Sicario. Uh, he did not direct the sequel to There is a sequel to Sicario, but he did not direct that. Now, now let's talk to our non-marks about Dave Batista. So I asked them a similar question of Big Dave's career. I wanted to know if they could name for me three movies besides Dune that Dave Batista was in. So Julie guessed, and and she was smart. She 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 gamed the system. She said Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy two. <laughs> And then she was clearly struggling. She could have just said Avengers Endgame, but she missed it. And she went with The Tooth Fairy, which, of course, does not star Big Dave. That stars The Rock. So still two points for Julie. So she's in the lead. Good for her. And then um, for just, just basically to punish myself, I decided to ask my dad for three movies <laughs> starring Dave Batista. So let's see what he said. Uh, 
So now, now we're going to do some trivia about Dave Batista. Do you, do you know anything about Dave Batista? No. Okay. So this this should be fun then. <laughs> okay. Can can you? <laughs> I don't know. How am I going to do this one? Can you name three other movies he's been in? I've seen him in other movies. I'll give you a point for any movies you could name for him. Can you do that? I cannot remember. He's been in other, let's say, action movies. Okay. Can't can't even describe one for me that I'll get close enough. I'll give it to you. I don't know. So something for some reason, it, it, it's, you know, an action military movie that he was in that comes to mind. But I cannot, you know, think of the name of the movie. All right, I'm not going to give you credit on that one. I, I won't list all the movies he's been in. He's actually a pretty prolific actor, but he's been in... Uh... I, I've seen him in quite a few movies. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, his, most, his biggest movie is... He was in Guardians of the Galaxy, the Marvel movie. Okay, yes, yes, all right. So that's the biggest movie he's known. I mean, obviously he's wearing makeup and stuff in that, but... Right. Your dad gave you a point for getting Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, and I, I, we're, we're, this is going to be a recurring theme throughout all of this, but my dad has no idea. He still doesn't know who this person is. He keeps saying, no. I've seen him in movies. He has, And when, when I said Guardians of the Galaxy, what was going through his head was, well, I guess I have never seen this guy, because I don't know, because <laughs> I was thinking of someone else. There's no way he knows any of this stuff. I... I like that it's not even an attempt. It's like, yeah, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. And everything is is an action military movie, so I'm pretty sure he thinks he saw Dave Batista in Tag Team, the movie <laughs> that, that we just talked about. Please stop calling me. <laughs> <laughs> when I said I wanted to talk to you more often, this is not what I meant. <laughs> All right, Kramer, you ready for your next Mark question about Dune? I am ready. I got this one. Okay. Got it. Let's go. Kramer, the name of the film is Dune. What does Dune actually refer to? Okay, well, I was under the impression these movies all took place on just depressing sand planets, so it was a sand dune situation. So so you think it's referring to a specific sand dune, a single sand dune? No, like just the overall duniness of the planet. There's multiple dunes. It's just a dune-rich environment. Okay, I am going to give you that one, because dune actually yes. refers to a planet. I'm going to give you that one. I also asked Alfred this question, and he said that it was the location of the film, the city of Dune. So I could not give him credit for that. But I am going to give it to you. You did mention planet. So, Kramer, for two bonus points, what is the actual name of the planet that is often referred to as Dune? Dunesbury. (laughs) Oh, zero points, but A for effort. (laughs) Uh, Alfred took a similar approach. He went with Dunius Maximus. Oh, that's a better one. I like that. <laughs> the actual name of the planet is Arrakis. Are there spiders? No, not Arachnid, Arrakis. Oh. So I asked Julie, our non-Mark, who has seen Dune, more questions about Big Dave. This one also has uh, a bonus point situation. I asked her, as a wrestler, Dave Batista used a fairly common move to finish his matches, and I asked for the name of this explosive maneuver. And her guess was a body slam. So obviously that is incorrect. The answer is a power bomb. But then for two bonus points, I asked her to give me the name that Batista liked to call his version of the move. This was after I told her what the, that it was a powerbomb. And for some reason, she went back to the concept of a body slam and called it a power slam. So I don't know. It was very confusing. <laughs> so she tanked both those questions. Uh, but let's see how my dad did on the same question. When he was a wrestler, he used a fairly common move to finish his matches. So this is his signature move. 
Give me the name of this explosive maneuver. Don't have a clue. <laughs> Not even going to take a guess. Name a, name a wrestling move you know. Maybe you'll get lucky. A slam dunk? <laughs> a slam dunk. <laughs> that's not a that's a that's a basketball move. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. That's why I'm trying to think of a wrestling wrestling move. I you know, besides them jumping uh, through the nets and everything else, I can't think of any of them. Dad, there's no nets in, a, in wrestling. <laughs> I think you're still thinking about basketball. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't mean the nets to, to get a shot in. I mean the wrestling net. <laughs> ring the it's wrestling a, ring i'll put it to you that way. it's a it's a ring and it's surrounded by ropes there are no nets yeah, but there's ropes there you know what I mean. they, they go through the ropes <laughs> okay so I'll, I'll give you the answer to that his his finishing move was a power bomb <laughs> okay okay so now that you know that i'll give you two bonus points if you could name what dave batista called it when he was a wrestler you can get this one so the move is a power bomb what did he call it when he was wrestling? <laughs> you can get this one. I'm t- telling you. What did he call it? It's a power bomb, and what did he call it? Yeah, it was like his special fancy name for his version of the power bomb. What did Dave Batista call his power bomb? The bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you're, I mean, you're close. I can't give it to you, but you're close. He called it the Batista bomb. All right. Well, okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but that but strong guess. <laughs> I like how he's saying, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, right, right, of course. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, that's what I said. That's what I meant. That's what he, what are you busting my balls for? <laughs> so to recap, Julie's still in the lead with two points. Alfred has one, and you have one, and my dad, of course, zero. Yep, and also what we're learning is your father never loved you enough to pay attention when you were watching wrestling <laughs> in the slightest. <laughs> the net, you know, the net, like a net. It's the same thing. And then when I corrected him, I was like, no, it's surrounded by ropes. Well, you know, yeah, ropes, net. Like, the, those two things are not the same. <laughs> All righty, Kramer, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm on a roll. Okay, so this is an over-under question. Not counting Dave Batista, over-under three other actors from Dune who have been in or will be playing characters in Marvel's cinematic universe. Over or under three from Dune. Uh, from Dune, I, I'm just going to say it's over three because everyone is in these Marvel movies at this point. Okay, you are correct. It is over. So that, that is a point for you. Good job. I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me how many there are in Dune. Oh, fuck. Not counting Big Dave. I'm going to say there are four. You are correct. You got the bonus point. Excellent work. Yes. So Alfred also said over, so we got a point for that, but he guessed that there were five, so he missed the bonus point. The four others are Zendaya, who is, of course, from Spider-Man, Stellan Skarsgård, who is in Thor, Josh Brolin, of course, plays Thanos, and Oscar Isaac, who will be playing Moon Knight. I asked our non-marks a similar question um, about Dave Batista's wrestling career. So I asked them, over or under, Batista is a five-time world champion in professional wrestling. Julie took a guess, and she said it was under. Which, of course, it is over. Dave Bautista is, has been more than a five-time world champion. And I asked her for a bonus point. How many times has he been the world champion? Kramer, do you want to take a shot at this one? You won't give you any points, but... Um, I'm going to say it was seven. He is a six-time world champion. Ah. Which Julie guessed and guessed correctly. So she got the bonus point there. So let's see if my dad also has, a, has an inkling of how many times Bautista was the world champion. Over or under, Batista 
is a five-time world champion in professional wrestling. Is it over or under five times? I would say over. Very good. It is over. Would you, for a bonus point, would you care to guess how many times he's actually been a world champion? I would say seven. Ooh, it is six, but good guess. So, so my dad gets on the board on a question that is a complete 50-50 guess and then a random number guess. So, but, but he has scored a point. So that's one for dad, three for Julie, two for Alfred, and three for you, Kramer. You have, you have tied for the lead, so good job. Yes. Making a comeback. So, Kramer, in wrestling, Batista's nickname was The Animal. What is the nickname of the character he plays in the movie? Remember, he's playing a character named Glossu Raban. What is the nickname of this character? All right. The nickname is The Beast. That is correct. Very good guess. How'd you pull that one? We did play the Dune board game at one point. That is, that is true. See, see, but you're you're drawing on other uh, on other influences. I'm very proud of you. Alfred did not have that advantage, and he went with the animal. So he was just going with the same nickname <laughs> that Batista had in uh, in wrestling. So I asked uh, our non marks. I asked them the inverse question, and I asked them that in the film Batista played a character whose name was the Beast, and what was his primary nickname as a wrestler. Julie went with the Hawk. Which I think is kind of cool, Dave the Hawk Batista. Cool. A, lot, a lot of wrestlers have used that. Bradshaw used it, and uh, and of course Legion of Doom used it. So let, let's see what my dad thinks um, Batista's nickname was. In the film Dune, Dave Batista plays a character whose nickname is The Beast. As a wrestler, what was his primary nickname? The Beast. <laughs> You, you think it was the same, coincidentally, years before, you think it was the same nickname as Dune? Yes. <laughs> well, you're wrong, but I appreciate the uh, <laughs> the conviction. His nickname was The Animal. Okay. Which is still a beast. <laughs> <laughs> you stick to that, you will be receiving zero points. <laughs> That's <laughs> still a beast. <laughs> Even when he's wrong, he's right. I do like the symmetry, though, that both my father and Alfred just just decided to go with the same nickname. <laughs> the, 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 the Hail Mary of trivia guesses. All righty, Kramer. So you're pulling away here. You now have four points. Alfred has two. Julie has three, and my dad is, still has one. So th- this this could be a blowout for you. So you're doing the show proud. Are you ready for your next Mark question about Dune? I am ready. This is true false. You can so you could do this 50-50. In the first Dune film from the 80s, the character of Beast Raban was played by a well-known character actor named Paul L. Smith. True or false? He played Bluto in the 1980 film Popeye. I'm going to say true. It is true. Good job. I would assume so, just because big dude playing another big dude. I was very happy when I found out about that. But he was, he was your go-to large, imposing guy in, in that time frame. Um, Alfred also said true, so that's a point for Alfred as well. Good job. And the original Dune also starred another wrestler. It starred Sting. <laughs> oh, man. That means we have to watch it. So there you go. <laughs> does um, do, So does he sing and wear face paint? Is it kind of like a mashup of the two? <laughs> uh, a little bit. It's mostly thong work he does. <laughs> How wild is it that Sting was in that movie? Yeah, and all I know is just this picture of him that I've seen a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I asked our non-marks a question about Dave Bautista's character work before he was a big-time star. I asked them what was the title 
of the character he played that was a member of a clergy. Julie's guess was he played a reverend, which is a pretty good guess, but she's wrong. It's close. It's close. Kramer, you know the answer to this. What 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 what, what was his title? Uh, he was the great Deacon Batista. That's correct. So, I mean, my dad probably is going to know this one, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 listen to what my dad's thoughts are on, yes. on the clergy of professional wrestling. Before Batista was a star, his wrestling character had a religious flavor, <laughs> and I want you to name what type of religious figure he was playing in his in-ring character. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a (laughs) do-over. And the reason why, he wasn't specifically playing a religious character, but he was playing... uh, Let me rephrase this for you. He was playing a person who was part of a religious ministry. So it's a title. So it's it's a title in the clergy that was part of his wrestling gimmick. What is it? Monsignor. I mean, you really went for it with that one. <laughs> Answer is much more mundane. He was a deacon. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> what the? That was a ride. <laughs> so, so, so the bottom line here is this. We now know who my father thinks Dave Batista is. Because he said he <laughs> thinks he's Jesus. So he thinks Dave Batista is Jason Momoa. That's, that's, <laughs> what, <laughs> that's what my dad thinks the wrestler is. There, we've, we've cracked it. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense then. I like that we're solving this like a, it's a crime <laughs> yes, now. Yes. We could just ask him, but no, we're, we're just going to do this on our own. Okay. Ready for your next Mark question about Dune? I am ready. Some characters in the film have the ability to manipulate others into doing things. It's kind of like the Force in Star Wars. This came first. And it is done by speaking to the people you wish to control. What is this ability called in Dune? God, I have no idea. So I will say that it is called the Talkie Doodles. <laughs> I mean, basically it is. It's referred to as <laughs> it's referred to as the voice. Oh, I was close. Uh, Alfred's guess was that he he kind of wanted to call it the Duning, <laughs> but he didn't think that was right, so he went with the hypnotizing. So no no points there for either of you. What what I asked our non marks. What was a, was a very basic question. You can probably get this one. I, I asked Julie to name the Bond movie in which Dave Bautista played a villain. And she went with Skyfall, which is, is incorrect. Do you know the name of the Bond movie? Uh, was it Spectre? It was Spectre. I also asked my dad. Now, my dad is a longtime Bond fan. So I actually kind of crafted this question just to give him a, a, a layup since he claimed he knew which, which person in Dune was a wrestler. So let's, let's see what he said. Dave Batista played a villain in a Bond movie. Name the Bond movie he was in. Uh, Casino Royale. Okay, it's, it's a good guess because it is a Daniel Craig one, but it was not. It was Spectre. Okay. <laughs> he said, I love how short that one was. You, you can feel the defeat, too. It's like, okay. Because he, he, knew, he knew he could get that one. I'm, I'm going to assume that, much like most people on Earth, Spectre is the Bond movie he forgot existed. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to assume that that's the case, and honestly, I can't blame him. So, Kramer, are you ready for your final Mark question about Dune? I am. 
This is a tough Going for the clean sweep. This is, this is, well, no, you've gotten several wrong. It's, it's, not, a, <laughs> it's not a clean sweep. Um, this is a toughie, though. Most of the conflict in the film is regarding the harvesting of valuable spice from the surface of Arrakis. What is the actual name of the spice? Uh, paprika. <laughs> you are correct. It is paprika. No, it's not. Yes. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> uh, Alfred's guess was Los Diablos, which <laughs> is, is, is the hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty cool though. You know, so he's wrong too. It, it is actually melange. Sure, it is. So Kramer, your final score is five. Alfred's final score was three, but but we still have uh, a couple more people we need to see their final score. So I asked Julie, the non-Mark who saw Dune, this question about Dave Bautista. One of the things that eventually made him very popular with wrestling fans was when Dave Bautista joined a group of professional wrestlers from several generations. And so I wanted her to tell me the name of this science-y sounding group of wrestlers. And her guess was the chemists. <laughs> so she's wrong. I, I, I feel like I probably could have worded this question better for her, but. There it is. She's the, yeah. I'm in charge of the show, so you know she has to deal with whatever I can say. But now I want to see all four of those guys wearing a white lab coat. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's what I pictured. Like you know, so <laughs> so Julie's final score is three points. So solid work. She tied Alfred, but you did beat Julie. Um, uh, if you're keeping score, you've clinched this because my my dad has has only gotten one right, and it was a, it was a guess. This is a tough one. So, all right, I'm sitting. One of the things that eventually made him famous with wrestling fans was when he joined a group of professional wrestlers from several generations. Name this sciencey sounding group of wrestlers. So he joined a group of wrestlers that span multiple generations of professional wrestling. And this is one of the things that got him really popular. Name the group. Sciencey sounding name. The psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to accept that as an answer. It is not correct. All right. <laughs> the name of the group was Evolution. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, that laugh at the end just was your dad exposing some stuff from his youth. <laughs> um, so my dad finishes with one point, which is not surprising. I mean, I, I if you if you don't know who Dave Batista is, you're, and in fact, if you think Dave Batista is is the guy who plays Aquaman, you're even going to be more lost. So, <laughs> but there we go. So Kramer, you won. You've you've done the show proud. Of course, we always dominate. One, one of the rare times where we actually kept score during a swerve and we have the, uh, you know, quantifiable facts that you have won. <laughs> I think we've done the job for tag team and we've done enough of a job for Dune. And it is a very special time of the year for wrestling fans. Why don't you tell us what you've picked for this this epic time of the year? Oh, it's a big time. The only thing better than the award season, of course, is WrestleMania season. So... In honor of the Showcase of the Immortals, I have a Mania-caliber film. Mm -hmm. Also, as our listeners know, every time I make the pick, I like to reveal a little bit about Chris Sacco. Wait, what? what? <laughs> this, is, this is my thing. <laughs> S 
So our listeners need to know that Sacco has an unhealthy obsession with consuming media in chronological order. Oh, no. Do, do not. First of all, that is that is 100% <laughs> true, and you better not be doing what I think you're about to do. Okay. So the simple thought of going out of order causes him to have a twitch no. that he cannot control. No. So our next film will be the sixth installment no. of a franchise we've already covered the first film for. How do you feel about that, Zach? I, I'm i about to walk off the set. <laughs> what, what, this, I'm not doing this. <laughs> oh, we're doing it because a WrestleMania caliber movie is in line as we watch The Marine Part 6, starring Shawn Michaels, Becky Lynch, and the Marine himself, The Miz. I... I... I, I don't, I don't, I'm so, so angry right now. <laughs> like, I can't, yeah. So, so this is our last episode. There will be no other episodes. <laughs> so the options right now are either quit the show or you have to watch all the other Marines before we watch this movie. Because it's not, uh, it's not even standalone. Because, uh, no, it's not. But it has the most main event WrestleMania caliber talent in one film. I'm so annoyed. Um, <laughs> well, uh, uh, to find out if we ever have another episode, you should uh, subscribe <laughs> to our show. <laughs> you should like and review it wherever you're listening now. Oh, he's so defeated. Uh, this is I'm gonna I'm just gonna power through this finale, and then we're gonna have words off air. <laughs> Until our next or maybe not show, you can follow us on Instagram at movie.marks or on Twitter at movie underscore marks. Um, if, if you want to comment on how ridiculous it is that we're watching the Marine <laughs> franchise out of order, you should email us at themoviemarks at gmail.com. <sighs> and of course, we are actively seeking corporate sponsorship of any kind. Much like Tag Team, we will put commercials at various points in our show if you give us enough money. Really, if you give us any money, we're not that picky. That does it for us here and probably forever. Until next time, I'm Chris Sacco. I'm Chris Kramer. And we're the Movie Marks. You know what? Fuck <laughs> you. This is, this is absolutely... <laughs>